0: On today's podcast, we talk to Audubon Institute President and CEO Ron Foreman about the pandemic budget crisis and why zoos and aquariums have been left out of all federal relief programs to date. The conversation ranges from efforts being made to care for 15,000 animals at the zoo and aquarium to the bright future Foreman envisions for all the museums and parks the Institute operates. Here's the podcast. Apologies for the Zoom quality audio. One thing I learned from talking to Stephen Perry last week was that uh, zoos, aquariums, destination market organizations, those guys, you're all excluded from the, um, from the CARES Act money. So explain that to me and then and just kind of give me a sense in general what's, what's the crisis you guys are in the middle of. Yeah,
1: sure. Thank you. Um, but f- first of all, we're a little bit different. We already laid off two-thirds of our employees, roughly 600 employees. We're working with 300 employees. Um, but you can't lay off the animals. We have 15,000 animals that we have to care for, um, and we're gonna do it in the most humane, professional way, um, and um, can't fertile them off, so we gotta keep staff, and um, while we don't have attendance at the front gate, as was before, we're not generating revenue. We started off losing about $1.1 million per week. Uh, we cut our staff down. but We're still losing about three to 400,000 per week, and um, we're running out of money. Um, so we did apply for every potential federal support program, and we thought we were going to be okay, but um turns out, you you get into the details, we were too large of an organization. Um, so we were not qualified for PPP. Uh, we were not qualified for any federal funds or state funds at this time. We're still applying. We still hope that um, somebody comes together in Washington um, on both sides and realizes the crisis this country's in, and provide some support but meanwhile we're on um, we're struggling we don't have we are struggling each day uh, we've got a lot of support from the private sector we rose, we raised several million dollars uh, from individuals uh, some major donors stepped up some foundations stepped up but we also have kids stepping up with lemonade stands and raising money for their favorite animals and feeding animals so um, we'll get past this but it's a tough time right now
0: are there any donors you want to give a shout out to anybody in particular that deserves a uh, mention?
1: I think, I think the most important shout out is, um, is, is our community. Our community loves the animals at the zoo. We have a great community um, in New Orleans, the metropolitan area, Louisiana. and um, We get so many letters of support. We get kids drawing pictures. Uh, and we've actually, um, in August, had over 50,000 visitors between the zoo and the aquarium, which was higher than we projected. It's still about a third of what we normally do. So the shout-out is to this community. They love their zoo, they love their aquarium, they love nature, and um, they're anxious to get their families back into our facilities. That 50,000 that's showing up, is it by and large locals? No, actually, interestingly, um, there's a good percentage that are a driving market. Baton Rouge, um, the Gulf Coast. Uh, families are looking for things to do. They're looking for things to get the kids out of the house, get the families out of the house. It's a safe place, it's being outdoors. Uh, we've had great success in getting people in and out, in a safe manner. Um, so no, people want to come in the driving market, and when that's important for tourism, and job creation, when they come in on weekends, they eat at restaurants. Um, they stay in a hotel room. Um, so they're supporting our community, and the more we bring people back to our attractions and other things, the better we all going to do. So we're optimistic to the future, we're just in a real bubble right now, it's a tough time.
0: Right, so explain to me the detail of the, of the, the PPP. You guys had more than 500 employees, so that's why you didn't qualify?
1: That's exactly right. They, they limited it to 500 and under, and we had at the time about 800, 900 employees, and that automatically disqualifiers. So that immediately required us to let first furlough and then lay off some really good people. And that really hurts when you have people part of the family working together, uh, and you can't pay the payroll, um, so we cut back on it. Uh, senior staff all took major cuts in their salary, um, and um, yeah, you know, we're we're steady as we go right
0: now, but we got to raise some more money. So, uh, okay, the the request for the for the loan from the Riverfront Project. What's the status? Have you heard back?
1: Yeah, uh, we're getting tremendous um, support. Um, just real quickly. Um, we um, raised fifteen million dollars: nine million from the Convention Center, four million from Audubon, and two million from New Orleans Company. Fifteen million to expand the riverfront, expand Woldenberg Riverfront Park, connect it with Crescent City Park to have about three miles of riverfront. So, with with that in mind, we were going to connect two together, have about three miles of riverfront. We were in planning, going to public meetings, and then um, COVID struck, and no longer do public meetings and you're talking to the man, we agreed uh, to slow the project down for about three years. But we have $15 million sitting in a bank account um, and ready to go for a project that can't build for three years. So we went back to the people who contributed and said, look, we need the money now. we got to keep our museums and zoos and aquariums and botanical gardens and um, World War II, we got to keep our facilities open. Um, so let us use some of that money right now Towards the opening, and three years from now we'll work to pay it back and build the project at that time. New Orleans and company unanimously supported it. Um uh, Commission, Commission, Institute, unanimously supported it. The mayor's been really supportive, working with us, members of the City Council working with us. And we went to the convention zone, that was the last request. And they had some legitimate questions. They said, look, we're just hearing about it. Can you provide us more information? Hopefully as soon as next week we'll go back to them. And I'm confident they're gonna support it. That um uh, you know, every time they fill up a hotel room or someone eats at a restaurant, uh, they get a tax. So that goes to their budget also.
0: So it's their benefit, everyone's benefit that we get our tourists back in town. And so, so you think it, you think that's gonna happen? And then, um, so how long will that last y'all, would you say?
1: Our shortfall to get us through, we believe most of 2020 and part of 2021, uh, is about $18 million. Uh, that $10 million we're gonna borrow, will go a long way. Now, we're raising some money, as I told you earlier, several million dollars there. If our attendance goes up a little better than we projected, uh, the banks have been good to us. It's a terrible thing to have to go to a bank, uh, but our banks, local banks have been very um, supportive. We've got to pay that back one day though. <laughs> and so, you know, we this $10 million will go a long way to get us through most of 2021.
0: You're, so you say that you need about 18 million to get you through. Do you have? Is there a specific date that gets you through in 21 or no? I think it,
1: as budget right now will get us all the way through 2021, um, and that's a um, that's a a hopeful budget. Uh, it certainly will get us through most of 2021.
0: Gotcha. you. So you need 18. This 10 would obviously cover more than half of that, and you're hoping for. Uh, you think what private private. Fundraising is going to solve the rest of it, or is there going to have to be something yeah,
1: else? A combination of um, people visiting at the front Gate, membership, uh, private contribution, and then we're going to have to borrow some money been uh, pay it off for a long period of time. Uh, but we, we, we are, I have to tell you, we are very much optimistic about the future. Uh, we do have some capital money to build things. You can't use that for operating. Uh, but while we're down, we're going to improve all our facilities so when we come out of this. Um, particularly at the foot of Canal Street, um, in the French Quarter, um, Four Seasons has built their facility that's gonna open next year. Uh, Harris has building their new um, upgraded air facility. Uh, the, the regional transit and ferry is being rebuilt. Park Park's gonna go through major improvement. The aquarium's gonna go through a major update. So when we come back, we can come back strong. We're gonna be ready.
0: Yeah, I, I'm actually talking to the Four Seasons uh people in the next couple of days. That's a, that's a huge investment and it's gotta be a crazy time for them to be spending all that money getting ready, you know, and things like that. Yeah, They're
1: they good people um, and they invested in our community because prior to the COVID, we were doing very well with Georgia. We strong, people wanted to come, US favorite city to visit. Um, so they, I think their investments are like a half a billion dollar investment. Uh, they said, we, we believe in New Orleans and they took the World Trade Center, which was closed down for years, and it's turning into a beautiful project. The uh, future's gonna be good. Presents present we got we got issues to deal with.
0: So uh okay, so but so you have a plan, it sounds like to get through the next through next year if this if this loan comes through and you, it sounds like you think it's gonna well and then the riverfront project will just it's gonna be postponed, kick that can down the road in three years revisit it kind of thing to see what That's
1: happens. That's exactly right. There's now's not the time to be um, trying to do public meetings and getting public input and be with neighborhood associations. Um, so we, we are just um, with the mayor's support. So let's put that on hope right now. We've been working on this for about 30 years to open the riverfront. So three more years is not gonna make that much difference. And we're
0: anxious to get back to that project. it would be great. Um, so I assume the health, like you mentioned, the health and safety of the animals is top priority at, at, at the aquarium at, at as well. Can you explain how that's being handled?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because um, i got to give a shout out for our staff. Um, Our staff is working on usual shifts. Some of them are working seven days a week. Um, Some other staff, not the animal staff, to support the animal staff, uh, senior people um, were at the front gate acting as cashiers. Uh, I've become a pretty good pizza maker in the concession stand. We're all doing whatever it takes. and uh, We're very, very fortunate in our community. We have a great staff at Audubon that love what they do, are committed to this community, and we can do whatever it takes to get back home again. Uh, I have to share a great story. Uh, just on um, Wednesday, our, our staff um, got, noticed that there were uh, dolphins stranded with the you know, high water, and they were in a canal, rather, in the open water. And our crew um, spent about 72 hours uh, cracking down the dolphin, actually said, in the marsh, um, there were a few alligators along the way, there were a few snakes along the way, but they rescued a mom and a uh, baby uh, dolphin and put it back in its proper habitat. Oh, okay. So, well, you're going to say they took them. No, they put, they put them back. Okay. Yeah. I mean, our, our staff is dedicated to conservation, dedicated to our animal, uh, and, and work throughout our state protecting wow. the wildlife.
0: So I have a question. There's got to be emergency and contingency and crisis plans. And was there some money set aside for this as well? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. We were fortunate that we went through about five or six million dollars of money set aside, and mainly that's more related to hurricanes. Um, that we always have a, um, a a backup money for these type of emergencies. Uh, but nine months later, uh, that money got bled out uh, the first couple months, and. Um, Then we went to borrowing, and then we went to raising money. And um, that was, you know, we believe that the federal government realizes the importance of their wildlife. It's not just zoo animals. We care for the federal government, whooping cranes, sandhill cranes, uh, pine snakes. There's a lot of species that are out in the wild with Fish and Wildlife Service that we care for. So um, I think at the end of the day, uh, much like Katrina, it took a while. But that's eventually, these programs going to open up um, and give us some relief.
0: So, so Stephen Perry was correct when he said that, setting aside the um, PPP, but the actual CARES Act, it, it excluded zoos, it excluded aquariums. Is that true? Yeah, I think
1: I think it got into an issue that, um, particularly, a revenue generating facilities. We generate about ninety five percent of our own revenue at the Frank Gate. Our operating budget is about sixty million. We generate about fifty five million. With people coming in and uh, buying a membership or buying in a gift shop, and uh, so with no one coming in, uh, the revenue dried up. Uh, what we really want the CARES Act we're working on is to look at lost revenue and help us make up some of that revenue that can help us with these expenses. Right now, that's excluded.
0: you said that you were running into a tro- problem with them because of the uh, re- because you're revenue generating. Yeah, right. they're not.
1: They're not, not. They're not. If you if. If you generate revenue, uh, the loss of revenue which pays your bills uh, is, is not being considered as oh, a in risk. Right. I
0: understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, but so there, but are you and your peers around the country, are people lobbying right now for some kind of federal? Yeah. We
1: have, we have a national organization, of all accredited institutions, uh, that have actually joined together with all museums and together. And we've got a lot of individual support. But every time it gets on a um, to the Senate and um, back to the House and to the House and the Senate, uh, it gets lost in the conversation. Uh, so we're hoping, and maybe after the presidential race, um, the House and Senate will come together and provide some relief to cities, to states, and to facilities like Audubon, to, to restaurants, to, um, to hotels, to airlines. You know, we If we close down airlines, then it could take a long time for tourists to come back. If you close down to hotels, if you close to attractions, there's nothing to do. Uh, we got to get out of this rut and open the restaurants, the bars, and get in a safe way of running our country again.
0: Uh, what, what's the name of the group that's that that's lobbying? You said is it- it's called the American Association of Zoos
1: and Aquariums, Aquarium Zoo and Aquarium Association (AZA).
0: AZA, and then and it's what's the museum group that you're working with?
1: Uh, working with the American Association of Museums.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, and so together, AM and ACA, all these national organizations are working together. Um, and, and so the, and is there one, like, easy to describe change or thing that they're asking for, that they're lobbying for? I think we said earlier the PPP
1: for those larger organizations uh, to qualify. Uh, that would be a major. Uh, uh, and even the, the world-famous San Diego Zoo, um, which is a great, great. They're more famous in San Diego than anything else in the city. And uh, they just opened up a couple of weeks ago. They get they because they're too large. They got no support. So they're caring for thousands of animals without any support. You know they're bleeding. So you know it just it just goes to a lot. Of, I think our country cares about about our animals, both in zoos and aquariums and in the wild, and want to protect the environment.
0: So really, the change is to have another round of PPP and to expand it for at least this one category to, to organizations bigger than 500 employees, and that would right. solve And I think you mentioned
1: also the CARE Act defining revenue loss um, as an ability to, um, to reimburse at some level that keeps us with our staff going, and uh, you know, that that is our source of funds. Now revenue loss for the city and state are things like hotel motel tax. Uh, you know, hotel motel tax keeps things going and, and, and the sales tax keeps things going, and so be able to qualify when no one's in a hotel room paying taxes that the cities can get their money to operate. So it's much bigger than just automate.
0: Understood, yeah. Even the Louisiana Main Street program, the uh, the John Schroeder thing, it started off as not, and I know this from a little business that I apply, it, it didn't cover any lost revenue, but then they changed because nobody was applying for this thing, they changed it so now you can. All, the, all of your business expenses from the previous year's taxes can count as right. lost revenue. So that, that's a game changer.
1: That's a game changer. <laughs> I think, uh, there's a limit to that amount of money, um, but, um, but at least at least that's the right attitude. And we got to help people. You know, yeah. I, I feel so bad for my friends that own restaurants or work in restaurants. You know, that, that's why we live in New Orleans. Uh, we, we have some of the best foods. Uh, we have some of the best people working in hospitality. And, uh, you know, and these are talented people. They come from all over the world because they want to be in New Orleans to show off what they can do. And we benefit because tourists come and shop, stay at hotels, uh, spend money. Uh, it's just terrible for these restaurant owners. I mean, just imagine. Imagine uh, a lot of these people work their whole life with nothing to um, work in a kitchen and be able to show off what they could do. And they're just good, hardworking people. Uh, that's you know, we, we can't let that happen.
0: The good news with it, uh, what I hear is that people logically are thinking that the neighborhood restaurants, the locals' restaurants, are going to be the ones that do better than you know something that opened up downtown two years. We ago. all we all
1: um, want to go to our local restaurant right now and, and give them support. Um, and, I'm, and I'm proud of the restaurants because they really you walk in with the face cover, you can't take it off till you get to your table away from everybody. They're doing social distance in a very good way. The outdoor eatings is a lot of fun. Uh, it's beautiful weather. It's great to be outdoors. So uh, they're working hard, but it's hard to do it at, at such a small capacity. And right. You can do your business, but maybe it doesn't even cover your expenses. So at some point, you've got you to open up more.
0: Right, right. So uh, oh, how, does the, how does the change in the millage affect your plans for next year? I, s- I assume that's incorporated in your 18- 18
1: yeah. yeah, that was a great... Um, vote of the public with 76% approval that, uh, that a millage Audubon got for, for 50 years, um, was shared with Audubon city park, Nord and Parkway parks. And, um, we were proud of doing that, that we all work together anyway. Um, and by the way, city park needs a lot of help too. city park is struggling.
0: We're going to talk to Bob soon. yeah.
1: Yeah. Bob, Bob's a great guy. They're doing a great job there, but again, they rely on self generating revenue. I mean, um, they're facing the same problems we're facing. Uh, but with that millage, at least it gives us some money coming in um, um, on an annual basis. Um, our millage in the operating side represents about about five, 6% of our budget. So it's important, but by itself, it's not enough.
0: Wait, the millage was five to 6% at its current level or at, that's what it'll be at the lower level? That's a good question.
1: The five or 6% of the um, millage that went towards operating was the two thousand. 20 budget, uh, but I, I can't, I don't know the number
0: today, our budget's considerably lower, so the millage will be a bigger percentage. I got you, yeah, <laughs> the millage isn't, so what the, so, but, you're, but the net result of you sharing that millage with the other three groups is that yours, your share obviously goes down some. Right,
1: okay. and, we're,
0: and, we're, and
1: we're happy to do that, that was something that, um uh, we had that millage for 50 years, with that millage, we took the worst zoo in the country and made it one of the best, built the aquarium, upgraded Audrey Park, upgraded I built new Woldenberg Park. Uh, guys involved with a um, butterfly insectarium garden. Guys involved with a IMAX theater. Uh, helped us with the nature center. Helped with the species survival center. That village had a great investment. So we we're looking forward. It was passed for another twenty years, but shared with other agencies, and I think that's going to be great for the city.
0: Okay, so a uh, couple just quick questions. Um, what what are the mechanics of 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 moving portions of the insectarium to the zoo. When is that happening? How's that happening?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, we, we were so excited about the success of the butterfly garden insectarium in the U.S. Customs House. Uh, it, it did over 200,000 visitors. It was one of the, the, the sixth busiest family attractions in the state of Louisiana. Uh, people who said they hated insects walked away saying, wow, without insects, we don't have nature, we don't have flowers, we don't have bees. We don't have honey, this goes on and on and on. Great success, um, but with the closing and cutting back on staff, we economically run it much better by putting it on the IMAX theater side of the aquarium. So now, um, when we, I'm gonna back up in 2000, um, hopefully 21, 22, uh, you'll have the aquarium on one side, but if on go on the insect the on the other side, one lobby, you go either way. So economically, we save about a million dollars a year in operating costs. And actually, it makes it a lot easier for our business to come.
0: I got you. So let's go. For some reason, I thought I was going to the zoo. It's going into the aquarium. Yeah. yeah we're I- all,
1: Automate nature was one facility. We all work together with our 10 facilities. And uh, we're so excited about what we're doing in, in nature and protecting and conservation of wildlife. That's who we are. Our facilities help us educate kids and get them involved so they become good environmental citizens and uh, and uh, we're fortunate, we have the largest collection of living size um, attractions in any one city in New Orleans. So right. we're doing well, and the uh, bills plays a big role in that, and front gate attendance plays an even a bigger role, and we'll
0: come back strong. So and the last thing I want to ask you about is uh, all, everything that's going on right now with the revenue crisis, is that going to put more pressure on you for more revenue-generating projects? How is this going to shake out? As a manager
1: of Audubon, as a CEO of manager. Fiscal responsibility is critical, you see it more than ever. Uh, you can't cut the grass in the park. The green grass has to be cut, it grows every week. Uh, you can't pick up the trash in the park, I Wish we had less. Yeah, but you can't maintain the trees, you can't do the botanical aspect. Uh, the green, I don't know anyone that doesn't love green space, uh, but you gotta maintain it. Uh, and, and in our city, um, the way that um, we do to maintain it, city park, the Audubon Park, others uh, we try to do self-generating revenue. Uh, the taxes don't allow um, these parks to be maintained properly and so way back when the um, Audubon Commission Audubon Institute came out with a strategy saying let's form a partnership, let's into in the private sector, let's raise private money, let's go to foundations and by the way this charges admission at the zoo. Uh, let's sell um, hot dogs, let's do a birthday party and those people with green space say um, you're on our green space. Um, so yeah, it's important. Um, and so um, anyone that, that wants to keep it green, um, any ideas they have on where the revenue can come from to pay for it, we are all ears. And uh, I would like to think um, people that want green space hope and know we are all about nature. Green space is critical. Um, so the answer to your question is yes. We are very much aware of, uh, of having to generate revenue at the front gate, and the fact that we're not generating revenue at the front gate means we're cleaning the grass once every two weeks rather than once a week. They we're picking up trash once every other day. Um, our security forces would cut back. So anyway, um, your answer to your question, the long answer is that, uh, um, and the short answer is uh, that we have to generate revenue.
0: Right. Is um, is the problem that just New Orleans is is too small and too poor to do this without charging? No, I don't,
1: I don't think, I think New Orleans is not too poor. And I think New Orleans cares about All the things that you're talking about. This is not just New Orleans. Uh, All over the country, Uh, I don't know any zoo or aquarium um, or any park Um, from beautiful Central Park all the way down that doesn't generate revenue uh, to to operate their facilities. So this is not this is not unique to New Orleans. Um, This is the way it is um, all over the country right now, and uh, I think. All, I don't know anybody who runs these facilities to not love someone to say, here's your budget. It's $55 million a year. Here's a check for $55 million. Uh, go, do, go do your job. It doesn't work that way.
0: Right. Well, um, as far as the state of things and then your, your, your biggest challenges and worries and ways people can help, did I miss anything? Or-
1: no, you were actually very thorough. You, and actually, this went a lot longer with questions that you asked that really are to the root of what we're doing. Uh, so thank you for covering those questions. That, uh, that we we are we are passionate uh, about what we do. Our animals are our livelihood. We 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 literally care 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every day about what we do. Uh, it's not a job; it's it's who we are. And we are so blessed in our community to have these staff members that um, you know they, they through hurricanes, through COVID, through, they're there, they're there, and they're not going to leave. So, we're fortunate and blessed, enough, and we're optimistic. We're going to come back stronger. We saw this with Katrina. We shut everything down, said how we're we going to come back again. And we made a commitment to come back stronger than ever, and we did. The same thing will happen with this, um, with this terrible time of our history.
0: Well, that's great. Hey, thanks very much for your time. Have a great um, rest of your day, and I'll probably be riding my bike through Auburn Park at some point this afternoon. So.
1: Perfect. Take care.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media, at BizNewOrleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash
1: biztalks.